Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. there forecast fans welcome to this special edition of the forecast fest as you can probably tell i am not in fact kate baldwin kate was not able to join us she's brought her talents to south beach for a week but i am of course john avalon and here more importantly with my colleague the forecaster arian you know i really love south beach i love miami beach i want to go to joe stone crab that sounds delicious but first while the country, Harry, is fixated on the impeachment hearings, way down in D.C., history in the present tense, we've got 10 Democratic candidates taking the stage at the Tyler Perry Studios in Atlanta. It was the fifth face-off of the primary season, and we're going to discuss those historic events in D.C. in a little bit with some data. But first, we're going to recap that debate. Harry, what are your top takeaways? And tell me about this hot off the press's new poll from Ipsos. Let me tell you that I watched this debate down at the uh, Comedy Cellar uh, in the southern part of Manhattan. And somehow that always just seems to be the way to watch a debate, given that these aren't real debates. They give one minute answers. It's more like a clown show. But in any event, <laughs> look. I, wait, 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 hold on. Was the crowd listening to the debate or you were just on like a No, 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 no. It was up above it. And basically it was in the restaurant above at the Olive Tree Cafe. And the, the sound was on. I was sitting there with the owner, my friend, Norm Jorman. And we both just looked at each other multiple times and just cracked up at the pure hilarity that is modern political debates. And, you know, I, I, I think it's so important to look at the polling. And 538 has been doing some stuff with Ipsos the last few debates. And essentially they ask who's won the debate or, you know, did you like someone's debate performance? And then they ask the share of respondents how, what percentage are considering voting for a candidate. And they ask that before the debate and after the debate so you can get an understanding about whether or not a candidate won support or lost support. And I think that there are a few interesting takeaways. Number one, um, if you're looking to which candidates won the debate, basically the polling comes away and says that Pete Buttigieg had a very good night, um, but also that Elizabeth Warren kind of held her own, at least in terms of debate performance as it was rated, while the worst debate performance was Tulsi Gabbard. Uh, in the middle there were Booker, Harris, and Biden. But here's, I think, the key numbers that I look at, which is it's one thing to be good on a debate stage and voters to think you've been good on the debate stage. It's another thing for whether or not they'll change their support for certain candidates. And I think what's key here is on the who's gained and lost support share of respondents who are considering voting for each candidate. Even though Biden kind of had a meddling debate, uh, he actually gained so that 54 percent before the debate said they were considering voting for him. After the debate, 56 percent said that. For Warren, she only had a jump of a point despite the fact that people graded her performance better from 43 percent to 44 percent. But the biggest jump by far was Pete Buttigieg, who jumped from 26 percent who said they were considering voting for him before the debate to 32 percent after the debate. Harris had a second largest jump. She went from uh, 
essentially 18.4% to 21.5%, and Booker, two at a jump from about 11% to 14%. So three-point jump for both Harris and, and Booker, and Klobuchar had a two-point jump. It surprised me that Warren was graded so high because she was less of a factor uh, in this debate. You know, I think there's been a major backlash to her Medicare for All proposal, but that was kind of sidestepped in yeah. the arena. There wasn't a lot of time spent firing at each other over Medicare for All why do you think that is, and how has that impacted her poll numbers in the general shape of the field? Well, I, I think the reason it wasn't discussed so much was simply put that the moderators didn't allow it to be discussed so much. Uh, most, if you read most of the post great grades in terms of, you know, how the moderators did, most people thought the moderators did very, very well, the uh, MSNBC Washington Post moderators. Uh, I, I happen to agree with that opinion. And so there was a slew of topics that were covered. But I think it was fortunate for Elizabeth Warren that the topic wasn't covered particularly much because we saw heading into the debate. In fact, we've seen in some polling that's come out in the last 24 hours that was taken before the debate uh, that Warren has certainly fallen in the polls. Uh, and that seems to have lined up very, very well with when Medicare for all became an issue and when she came out with her $20 trillion plan. All of a sudden, the center seems strong and smart. All right. Lightning round. Booker v. Biden. Uh, we've got a little bit of sound here uh, squaring off against Medijuana. Let's take a listen. I have a lot of respect uh, for, for the vice president. He has uh, swore me into my office as a hero. This week, I hear him literally say that I don't think we should legalize marijuana. I, 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 I thought you might have been high when you said it. <laughs> and, this seemed to be some kind of generational clash. It wasn't bad blood exactly, no. but it got a lot of attention. What sure. do you make of it? I mean, look, I, obviously that there are a few things. Number one, marijuana is quite popular, but I don't think a lot of people are necessarily voting on it. The positions, the differs are that Booker wants to legalize marijuana. Biden wants to decriminalize marijuana. I think obviously the bigger part of that exchange, uh, which is was later on with the Kamala Harris note. But overall, I don't think that this is the type of thing that changes voters' minds, right? I, I think that that I think is okay. No, but it really struck me. Gary Tuckman from CNN had a focus group in Iowa, and they walked away saying that almost uniformly Booker had won the debate, Klobuchar coming in a strong second. So his energy and, and his clarity seemed to really break through, whether that translates to votes who's, let's see, one person who's been a little bit defying gravity, no matter their gaffes, is... Joseph Robinette Biden, uh, a couple of big gaffes last night. We don't need to dwell on them because they did seem like slips rather than fundamental problems, but doesn't seem to have hurt him in the polls. No, and I think that's right. And I think that this is something that is so difficult for you and I and everyone who's always involved in this political process, you know, in terms of watching it so frequently is that maybe debates don't matter as much. And more than that, that voters are willing to forgive gaffes. In a way that I yeah. don't think that we necessarily understand. They're not looking for the road scholar necessarily. I present to you President Donald John Trump. Uh, final question about a road scholar um, who's been surging in the polls. Pete Buttigieg, this is the first debate since he took poll position in Iowa and New Hampshire, according to many polls, including CNN's. A lot of folks expect him to kind of get the incoming that we've seen before from Elizabeth Warren. Didn't really happen. Um, he grew a lot in, in the debate in terms of, of support, but didn't run away with it. There was one line I thought that was pretty funny about experience. It involved alligators. Let's take a listen. We do not have a 21st century security strategy coming from this president. After all, he's relying on 17th century security technologies like a moat full of alligators or a big wall. There is no concept of strategic planning for how civilian, diplomatic and military security work needs to take place for the future. 
All right, so that's a great line because whenever you can make people laugh about the you know, 17th century foreign policy involving alligators and moats, that's a good night. But why didn't he come under more direct attack? I don't know the answer to that question, but I would have to believe it is because his opponents don't think he has sustainability. That's exactly what I think. And they think we've seen this now happen a few times whereby, oh, a candidate pops and then they drop. A candidate pops and then they drop. And more than that, he still has a problem with African-American voters. And I think that they think that that will ultimately doom his candidacy and they might not be wrong about that. All right. Before we go, let's take a few minutes out to talk about the story that's sucking up all the oxygen out of the primary race, the televised impeachment hearings. On Thursday, we heard Dr. Fiona Hill push back strongly on the CrowdStrike conspiracy theory that's preoccupied President Trump and several members of Congress, including former House Intelligence Chairman Devin Nunes. She warned that it is a fictional narrative that has been perpetrated and propagated by the Russian security services themselves. And the day before, on Wednesday, Gordon Sundland, the U.S. ambassador to the European Union, testified that there was, in fact, a quid pro quo for Ukraine to announce investigations into the Bidens. But in the wake of Sundland's explosive testimony, we are going to dive forecast fest style into a new Marquette University Law School poll of Wisconsin registered voters. And what they found might shock you. Found that public opinion shifting away from the support of impeachment and toward supporting the president in the 2020 election in Wisconsin. In the poll, only 40 percent of registered voters think that Trump should be impeached and removed from office, while 53 percent do not think so, and 6 percent say they don't know. Harry, talk to me about the cheese state, man. What's going on in Wisconsin? Look, and as you pointed out, uh, although I have noted numerous times that in the swing states, support for impeach remove has been lower than it is nationally. This is actually even a lower number than the last Marquette poll in October, despite everything that's been occurring over the last month. Um, But it's also reflective of, I think, what we've seen nationally. And that is, if you take a look at the average poll nationally, the impeach remove number has, in fact, been dropping over the past few weeks, which I think is rather interesting. It used to be about a three, four point margin in favor of impeach remove versus opposing it. Now it's about even. Uh, And I think that it's important to note that this might be why some presidential candidates on the Democratic side might want to be a little careful here because although the national numbers have at worst been a tie or maybe a point in favor of impeach remove, you still have to win the Electoral College. And Wisconsin is a key, key state in that Electoral College. No question it's a key state. Of course, the question impeach remove is the highest bar. The thing more likely structurally to happen is impeach but not remove. One thing I want to dig into here is the partisan breakdown of questions of the president's culpability. And then we'll get into the head to heads because what do the numbers look like by party ID in terms of whether the president did anything wrong, because this gets to questions of absorption of facts. Yeah. So did Trump uh, ask for investigation of political rivals? And interestingly enough, only 29 percent of Republicans said yes. But I think that it's a pretty clear at this point fact that it's not. Yeah, that he has. Mm-hmm. And so what you see here is that, I mean, Trump literally could probably shoot someone on Fifth Avenue and you could still probably get. 50, 60 percent of Republicans to say that he didn't, even if you had video of it occurring and then shown on prime time 100 times. So I think that's really the kind of sort of hill you're walking up against, especially as if, let's say, they do impeach the president of the United States, that you have to get into the Senate where you're going to need 20 Republican votes. And just the fact is Republican voters are sticking by the president, even in face of what should be undeniable facts. Does that trouble you as an American as well as a statistician? I mean, I I think it's more of a reflection, to be honest, of you of how the grip of partisanship 
has so ingratiated itself and ingrained itself in our political culture. And I think that is a key difference from what we saw 45 years ago during the Nixon impeachment inquiry and hearings is that today partisanship is numero uno. And that makes it very, very difficult for me to see voters moving and therefore the politicians. I have said it before. I'll say it again. Hyperpartisanship makes people stupid. But um, democracy depends on our ability to reason together. And um, we're going to see whether this magic act uh, continues because the facts are clear. The testimony from Trump's own appointees has been clear. Um, And Republicans, though, I think have been emboldened by polls like this to simply double down on the White House's denial strategy. What does this poll show, though, about a flip in the last month with the head to heads? With Trump and the top tier Democratic candidates. Yeah, essentially what it showed was that last month, all the leading Democrats were leading Trump by anywhere from, say, a point to six points in the case of Joe Biden. And now they're all trailing him Um, in the state of Wisconsin. That was pivotal in 2016. And I think that on its own, although this is just one poll, combine it with the New York Times Siena polls last month um, that came out gives you a pretty good understanding that the president of the United States may be in trouble nationally, but in the swing states that matter, that is far from clear the case. Is there any waiting issues in this poll? Because I, I, you mentioned I, no, I, what, what I was essentially saying, which I think was rather interesting, was we saw across the board Trump was doing better. And we saw on the impeach remove question that fewer wanted him to be impeached remove. We saw his favorable ratings climb and we saw that he was doing better in the horse race, which to me perhaps indicates for whatever reason potentially that maybe this is a more friendly sample to the president of the United States. But it could be indicative of real movement. Fascinating stuff. Swing states are where it's at. Harry Anton, that is a wrap for now. Well, thank you all so much for listening. Tweet your reactions to the debate. I'm at John Avalon. Harry. I'm at Forecaster Enten, E-N-T-E-N. That is, in fact, how you spell your name. And please remember to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. And while you're out there, leave us a rating or comment. It really does help, and we appreciate it. And special thanks to Amy Eason, Raj Bakija, Emma Soslowski, and David Toledo. We'll see you back here next time on The Forecast Fest. When you work, you work next level. When you play, you play next level. And when it's time to sleep, Sleep Number smart beds are designed to embrace your uniqueness, providing you with high-quality sleep every night. Sleep next level. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599. Save $300 for a limited time, only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Prices higher in Alaska and Hawaii. Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number smart bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So, you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.